Motherhood is beautiful, hard, holy, sacred, and a little messy, but there is still so much joy and purpose to be found right where we're at in this season of mothering and homemaking. Hey friend, I'm Jenna, and you're listening to the Joy-Filled Mama podcast. Here, you'll find faith-filled conversations and practical tips to empower and encourage you on this heavenly assignment we call motherhood. Grab your coffee and let's live joy-filled. Today's five-star review is from Irish Hummingbird, and it says, Answer to Prayer. I just found this podcast, and I am so glad. I don't normally review or comment on podcasts, but I had to say that this podcast is an answer to prayer. We just found out we are pregnant with number two, and I am a bit scared. I had a long battle with PPD, and I am just getting back to a balanced, healthy place. I started looking for resources to help me spiritually and as a mama. That's when I found this podcast. After one episode, I knew I was in the right place. Thank you for sharing your story and pointing me to Jesus. You are a breath of fresh air. Keep it up. Friend, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to write a review and share a little bit of your heart and your story. If that was your review I just read, go shoot me a DM on Instagram at jennagriffith.co. I'd love to send you a little gift as a way to say thank you for being a part of our community. If you're new here, every single week I give away a little gift to a five-star review writer. Leaving a written review is one of the absolute best ways you can support this podcast because it tells iTunes and myself that you like what you're hearing. So if you haven't already, I'd love it if you took a few minutes to write a review and share what Joy-Filled Mama has done for you. And now let's dive into today's episode, three things I started doing to increase productivity in my days. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Joy-Filled Mama podcast. If you've been here since the start, thank you for faithfully listening each and every week. And if you're new here, I want to be the first to say welcome, welcome, welcome. When I first became a stay-at-home mom, I struggled with feeling like, almost like I was being held captive. That, that sounds kind of extreme, but let me explain. I, I felt like because I was home with my kids, I couldn't do anything or get anything done. I felt like I had this thing attached to me all the time and it was holding me back. And I found myself often saying things like, well, if I just didn't have kids, then I could do fill in the blank. And it, it became this mindset and this mentality that really held me back and held me down. And most of us, before we became moms, we were working, working a job in the workforce, maybe in a career, something like that. And then we have kids. And if you, if you're somebody who is staying home, you decide to stay home or whatever the case may be, staying home is what's best for your family, or that was your only option or whatever. Um, but what happens is, and this is what happened to me is I would compare my current season to my former life. Basically, I would, I would sit there and compare, well, before we had the baby, then I could do this and this and this, and it was all up to me. And I didn't have to worry about, I didn't have to worry about the baby. I didn't have to worry about taking the diaper bag and doing all these things and nap schedules and feeding schedules and all of that. And, and instead of 
confidently owning this new season of my life, I let it hold me back and keep me captive and allow me to feel like my kids are holding me back. And I just want to say right now, if if you are in that place too, feeling those feelings of my kids are holding me back from what I'm quote unquote supposed to be doing, I just want to say that is a lie from the pit. Like, I'm just going to speak plainly to you. Your kids, your kids are not holding you back. You are called here and you are placed here. And there are no accidents with God. (laughs) So however you became a stay-at-home mom, if that's the season that you're in, God placed you there. You didn't decide. Your husband didn't decide. Your job didn't decide. God placed you there. And if God placed you there and God has you right where he wants you, then we can be confident in that. You can be confident in that. So I just want to start by saying if you are in that, that captive mindset, release that. We have what we need here and productivity is going to look differently. Getting things done, it's going to look differently in this season of our lives. But using our kids as a as a crutch and as an excuse to not adapt and adjust and make changes, it 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 doesn't fly anymore. Let's just call our own bluff, look yourself in the mirror, get real with yourself and say, "Yep, I've been using my kids as an excuse." And Friend, I'm here with you. I'm saying the same thing, doing the same thing. I have definitely used my kids as an excuse. And with that, I I often feel like if I want a peaceful home, I can't really get anything done. And on the flip side, if I want to be productive, it's going to cost me my sanity. Like, have you ever had those moments when it's like, okay, I really need to get this done, whether it's a work thing or it's you need to clean something or you need to prep dinner or whatever. You're like, I need to get this done. I need this to have my focus. And so you just focus on that task and you get it done, but you turn around and your home is complete chaos. Everything is everywhere. And you're like, cool. This is why I don't do things because it completely costs me my sanity and it ends in chaos and it's not worth it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe that only happens to me. Maybe my kids are the only ones that do that. But I feel like often peace and productivity do not go hand in hand. In in my life, in a life of a mom who has littles at home, they just, they don't mesh But I also feel like there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way for us to have a peaceful home, which I feel like is what the Lord is calling me to, to, to create a peaceful environment for my family and also do what he's asking me to do because I wholeheartedly believe that first and foremost, I am called to my family and my number one mission field, my most important mission in in this season of my life, my number one assignment is being a mom. That's, That's my number one most important job title. But in the same breath, I 
also don't feel like that's the only thing that I'm called to. I'm called to this right here, talking to you every week. And this takes time out of my life to record and to edit and to publish and produce and to plan content. And it takes a lot of time. And maybe you are doing something similar. Maybe you have a podcast or maybe you have a blog or maybe you have an MLM business or maybe you're working part-time as a virtual assistant or something like that where you get to work from home but you still have things that you need to do. And I believe that we're called to those things as well. I I believe if if we look at Proverbs 31 and the Proverbs 31 woman, she wasn't just in the home cleaning and homemaking and raising the kids. She was doing those things, but she was also out selling goods and being an entrepreneur and providing resources for her family. And I think that's an important part of who we're called to be. And so I, as I, as I journey through motherhood, I just, with this, with this concept of of having a peaceful home and also getting done what I need to get done, I just, I couldn't help but shake the feeling like there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way for us to do what we need to do and not have it cost us our sanity and our peace. So I got to work (laughs) and I started researching and really just working through some of the mindset things that we need to work through because I think that our mind is really important and everything starts with our mind. And if we can implement cool tips and tricks to help us be productive, but if our mindset isn't right, it's not going to last us very long. Those tips and tricks aren't really going to amount to much. So I've learned that everything starts really with our mind and our heart. And So I started digging through the things that I needed to overcome so that I could be productive. Things like that, that captive mentality that I was talking about earlier. And I started researching different tools and things that I could implement in my life to help me be more productive and to help me at the same time also keep my peace. And I created this guide for us. For you, for me, <laughs> for all of us, um, to help us really implement these things and to help us get this concept of being peaceful and being productive and that we can have both in our lives. We can have peace in our homes and also do what God is calling us to do. And so this guide, it's full of the first the first chunk of it is all about mindset and all about how we view productivity as a mom at home. And we talk more about the captive mentality that I talked about earlier. And we work through some of the things that we can do to take care of ourselves. Because I believe that a lot of things in our home stem from us. And and so the first chunk of this guide, it's all about mindset. And then after that, we dive more into, I really wanted to give you implementable tools I didn't want to just give you fluffy, like, here, think about this, chew on this. I wanted to give you, like, think about this, chew on this, and then also here's how you can take action right now. And so the, the second half of the guide 
is implementable tools and printable resources to help you bring peace and productivity back into your life. The, it's, it's made so that you can get it all done and not lose your cool in the process. That's the whole goal behind this guide. I'm really excited about it and I I know that it's going to help you. I know because it's helped me. These are all things that have really changed the way that I view productivity, um, even helped my mental health and helped just helped me get stuff done and not lose my sanity. <laughs> so you can go to jennagriffith.co slash resources to grab your guide. It's available now. But today I wanted to share just a little bite-sized taste of what's in the guide um, by sharing three of the things that I do to help me have my most productive days. So there are more things that I do, but I just wanted to share three today because these are some really awesome tools that have really helped me and I know that they're going to help you too. So the first one is called The Miracle Morning Routine and this is The Miracle Morning is a book by Hal Elrod. I will link it in the show notes. I've talked about this on here before, I believe. So I'm just going to skim through. Miracle Morning is an acronym and it's SAVERS is the acronym. So SAVERS is S for silence, so spending a moment of silence first thing in the morning. For me, this is my prayer time. So it could be prayer, meditation, gratitude, just silence. So this is when I pray in the morning. And then affirmation, The this is my truth declarations. And I always try to affirm myself from a biblical lens because I, I never want to have a name it and claim it mentality. I, I always want to be filtering the things that I speak over myself through a biblical lens. So I affirm myself with, with truth from the word of God. And then visualization is V. And that's just taking a minute to close your eyes and see where you want, visualize where you want to be and then mentally rehearse what you need to do to get there. So that could be with your work, that could be with your home, that could be with, you know, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your spouse, your family. It, whatever it is for you, take a minute every day to visualize your, where you want to be and then rehearse in your mind what it's going to take to get yourself there. The E in savers stands for exercise. <laughs> I don't have to explain this. I do 20 minutes. I try to do 20 minutes of exercise at least three times a week. Um, I've just noticed I am not naturally an exerciser. I'm not. I've never somebody that's liked to work out. But I have noticed that getting in at least 20 minutes a couple times a week really does help my energy. It helps my mind. It helps me sleep better. I, it helps my mood. It just, it, it's so good for our bodies. And I know that it's hard, um, but it's so, so good. I have recently started, I got an indoor um, exercise bike and I am loving that. So if you haven't tried that, maybe try that or go to a cycling class or something. It's so fun. Um, and I can do a quick 20 minute ride and feel like I got a good workout in. So that's just my little, what I do, but E is exercise. It's very important. (laughs) 
R is for reading. So this is my Bible reading time. And the author of the book, the creator of this Miracle Morning Routine, he recommends either religious text or like personal development type of text. And so I always read um, read my Bible. That's That's when my Bible reading happens. And then the last S is for scribing, which is another word for writing. Um, and that's just journaling, or this can be your Bible reading observations. Um, this can be gratitude lists, anything that just allows you to take a moment of, of writing. And these things don't have to be done in order, but when they're all done together, before 8 a.m. is what he says, what the author says, then you will be set up to have your most productive day. And I, it sounds like when I first read about or heard about Miracle Morning, I was like, really? Does it really make that much of a difference? But I started implementing this in my life and it really has made such a difference for me. And I notice the difference in myself just internally and mentally when I do this versus the days that I don't do this. So I highly recommend doing and implementing the Miracle Morning routine. The next thing is time blocking. And time blocking is exactly what it sounds like. It's blocking your time, planning out your day in blocks of time. And a lot of people use this method when they're like at work in an office, working all day long. But I like it as a stay-at-home mom because it allows for I feel like it allows for more flexibility, which is kind of the name of our game. (laughs) Flexibility, adaptability, being able to change things at a moment's notice if something's not going how we thought it would. That's what we need as moms. And so I like time blocking because it allows me to just say, okay, in this chunk of time, this is what I want to accomplish. But how that happens It can change. It's up to me. If I try to do something and the kids are really needy and need me to just sit with them for a while, then I can, okay, take a break, sit with them, tend to their needs, and then get back to it. And I'm not throwing myself off a schedule. For a while, I was trying to, like, schedule my days hour by hour. And it just, it made me feel really boxed in. And maybe that's part of, partially just my personality type. I, I'm not naturally a huge scheduler. I'm not a huge planner. Um, I thrive with plans, but I don't naturally like doing, creating a plan or creating a schedule. So this is why I like time blocking because I'm able to say, okay, in this chunk of time, I want to do this. But like I said before, I'm not locked in by a super strict schedule. So if you haven't tried time blocking, for your day, even if you don't have like work work that you have to do, I think it's still helpful just as a mom planning out our day so our days don't feel like they're just all running into each other and we're doing the same thing every day or you get to the end of the day and you feel like, I did nothing today. Time blocking allows you to see, oh no, in this chunk of time I did this, in this chunk of time I did this, I was productive today. <laughs> uh, so it, it allows you to, to be able to look back on your day and go, okay, no, I did, I did do stuff. And so I highly, highly recommend it. The last thing that I recommend is independent play. And <laughs> you've probably heard me talk about this before on Instagram, but I love independent play. And I think that I honestly... I hate how 
moms are made to feel guilty for leaving their kids to play by themselves and to be by themselves because independent play is one of my favorite mom tools. And I think, I don't know why we, we feel guilty leaving our kids to play by themselves because it's not like we're leaving them. We're right there. And, and it's actually when, when our kids can learn how to play independently, it's, it's a really important skill for them to learn. And I've done some research on this and I read an article by Harvard and it talked about how independent play actually fosters curiosity. Um, it encourages problem solving skills and it grows kids' imagination. So it allows them to think of things and do things that if we're sitting right next to them all the time, they're not going to learn to be free thinkers. They're not going to learn to solve their own problems. And we want that. We want that for our kids. If we're raising adults, we want that for our kids, right? So independent play is something that we can start implementing very early on to help our kids learn to be confident on their own, learn to be confident um, being independent and teaching them that they don't have to be by us all the time and be with us all the time to feel secure. And it's independent play is one of my favorite times of the day. I love when I am working and I stop for a second and listen to Miles play by himself and he's like got these stories going and he's talking to himself and it's just it's so sweet. And it also when the kids play together, if you have ki- if you have multiple kids, um, it really fosters that sibling relationship and allows them to learn how to share and play together and solve problems together and build things together. So I love independent play. And if you're feeling guilty about having your child play on their own, no more of that. <laughs> like I said, you are helping them develop valuable skills and teaching them to be independent problem solvers. And of course, it's going to take some coaching and guidance and don't expect to like the very first time you implement independent play, they're going to play for 45 minutes. I wouldn't expect that. It's, it's going to take some coaching and you can expect to have to step in once in a while and mediate. But nevertheless, independent play is such an important skill for your children to learn. And it's also a sanity saver for you. And we're all about that here. (laughs) So some helpful tips about independent play real quick um, is to set clear boundaries. So if you have an older child, you can explain to them what's happening. This is what I do with Miles. I say, okay, for the next whatever amount of time, for the next 30 minutes, mom's going to work and you're going to play. You get to choose what you want to play and I will set a timer. When the timer beeps, it will be time for us to play together again. This Um, has helped us a lot. This has helped Miles understand when it's time for him to play by himself. And he loves the timer. So I set timers for everything in our day. Any transition, any new thing, I set a timer for it. So set clear boundaries. The next one is let them decide. Allow your child the privilege to choose their independent play activity. Bonus points if it is something that they don't get to play with very often. And the last tip for independent play is don't expect perfection. And I kind of talked about this already, but remember that we're dealing with toddlers. There will always be things that come up and there will be days when they play perfectly for such a long time. And there will be days when they don't leave you alone for more than two minutes. Try not to let that stress you out 
or throw your day. Just close your laptop and try again later in the day. It's, it's going to be okay. I cannot wait to hear how using the miracle morning routine, time blocking, and independent play help your productivity. I hope that you begin to implement them and that you see the positive changes in your home that I've seen in mine. And like I said before, these three tips are just a tiny, tiny taste of all that is in the peaceful and productive guide. I created this with you in mind. I created it based off of conversations that I've had with you and feedback that I've gotten from you. So I know that it's going to help you. And the content in this guide, it's, it's full of things that I've learned that have really changed the way that I set up my day and how I view productivity and even really helped my mental health. So the Peaceful and Productive Guide is 40 pages of content that is going to help you get it all done without losing your cool in the process with things like mindset work, implementable tools like the ones you've heard today, and printable resources to help you take action. The Peaceful and Productive Guide is basically your new BFF. Head to jennagriffith.co slash resources to grab yours. That's jennagriffith.co slash resources. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you next week with a coffee in your hand and a baby on your hip. I'll see you then.